Before we dive into this week's episode, I do want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for sponsoring this episode. This episode was brought to you by LGBT Love Service. Their mission is to change the way we see dating, change the way we see online dating, and bring a healthier approach to dating. They are a full-service matchmaking firm with a millennial approach to matchmaking. So make sure you go check out lgbtloveservice.co and make sure you sign up. Welcome, 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 everyone. I want to welcome everyone to the new podcasting series in my journey, A Conversation with Pharaoh, where I just plan to take on a series of topics each season that is near and dear to my heart and just have a open, honest conversation. As you all can pretty much tell and as you all have already seen, the first topic that I plan to be discussing is mental health and mental health specifically in the LGBTQ plus community. So I want to thank you for coming along on this journey and I want to welcome you all to this conversation. Hey everyone, once again, we want to bring light and thank our sponsors, LGBT Love Services. We want to bring light to their men's speed dating event that they have coming up on February 12th. If you want to join or if you'd like to find your tickets, you can go to lgbtloveservices.co.co and you'll be able to find everything out about them, reach out to them, and they also have links to where you can find the tickets to their speed dating event. This speed dating event is scheduled for February 12th. Go find you some love for Valentine's Day just because it is a pandemic does not mean you have to spend it alone. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, sharing your story. I know mental health is a very uh, broad but very hard topic to speak on. So I do want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Um, I'm Pharaoh. You can introduce yourself to the people. Give a little bit of backstory about yourself. All right. My name is Ryan. Um, uh, I am a trans man. I started trans. I'm 34 now. I started transitioning right around the time that I turned 30. Um, that's when I actually started transitioning. As far as me being transgender, I I knew that earlier than than me prior to me turning 30, but I just didn't know exactly what that was or what that meant. Um. So I spent majority of my life just as a stud, but not really fully fitting into that and understanding that. And um, basically what that what that meant for me. So once I turned 30, after doing research and, you know, just trying to learn myself and trying to see if this is something that I really wanted to do, I decided to transition. So I started taking testosterone. Um, I also went on a weight loss journey. Um around that same time, probably a little bit, a little bit after that, but I went on a weight loss journey. So basically I'm a totally different person now than I was four years ago, you know, just, and hopefully I'll be a, a different version of myself headed into the future. But um, as far as my transition, that's how that went. What so how, you? like, how did transitioning and all of that, how did that affect your mental health? Okay. So transitioning period can affect your mental health big time even before you transition um physically transitioning 
the way that it affects your mental health is first off, before I started transitioning, my mental health was, I'm not gonna say it was bad, but it wasn't where it needed to be. I had a lot of dysphoria as far as um, not identifying with who I see in the mirror, who I grew up being. I just didn't, I didn't identify with that person. Um, it's, it felt like I was just, like I was in somebody else's body and people wanted me to act like this person that I just felt like I wasn't. So mental, mentally, it really kind of like messed me up because it it um, made it where I couldn't really, I couldn't really be who I wanted to be. And luckily for me, I've always had a good support group, but it's a lot of trans people out there that don't have that support group. So my mom, um, my now wife, I've, I've been married for uh, two years now, going on three years. Thank you. And um, no, it's actually been three years. My wife's going to kill me if she see this. But, <laughs> but yeah, we've been married for three years now. And um, but we've been together for 13 years all together. So we got engaged. Um, I, I wasn't ready to, to pop that question until 10 years into our relationship. And I think a part of that had to do with where I was mentally as far as me transitioning, because I didn't actually like come out to her as being trans until that around that same time when I was about 30 years old. So she spent a, literally almost 10 years with somebody that she just didn't even, I mean, she loved me for me, luckily, but she just didn't really know fully where I was mentally until I, I told her that. So, I mean, so I had a, to go back to what I was saying, I had a good support group, which helped me mentally and helped me with my mental health. My mental health wasn't as bad as what it could have been if I didn't have that support system. So it just basically it gave me dysphoria before I before I had um, before I started transitioning um, with little stuff like the sound of my voice. I couldn't stand the sound of my voice. I'm still not a, a big fan of it, but it's a lot better than what it was before. Um, uh, my breast tissue. Once I started taking testosterone, my breast started flattening out and stuff like that. So that helped me with my mental health because before I had these big breasts and it's like. I would just look in the mirror and just literally be disgusted. Like, I, I just didn't, I, I, mentally, I couldn't understand why I was feeling that way, but it wasn't until I took that journey to kind of like learn more about myself that I understood why I was feeling that way about my body. So, you know, mental health is a huge thing and it's, a, it's, it's something that a lot of people need, uh, like need a lot of help with. But, um, I mean, so, with you having a good support system, was mental health something that was acknowledged in your childhood, in your family home? You know, being black, period. Like for me personally, it wasn't something that was acknowledged. Like I had members of my family who were going through mental health issues like depression, anxiety, all of that. But being black, we don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Like it's no. an unspoken truth. <laughs> Still to this day, um, I, I go through things like that with my mom. Um, she, it's not that she doesn't acknowledge mental health. It's just, it's just like what you said in the black community. It's like, they know that we have mental health issues and, and different things as far as anxiety and depression and all of that stuff. But she doesn't really acknowledge it. Even to this, this point, we really had 
conversation recently where I was trying, I'm, I try to get her to basically take better care of her mental health because I, it's like I see depression, you know what I'm saying? So I see that, but it's like, it is just like any other black family. She want to pray it away and, you know, all of that stuff. And it's like, I go to therapy on a regular basis and um, it therapy, therapy has really helped me not to mention because of the fact that I'm so into mental health and so into understanding other people. I do a lot of studying and, and uh, psychology and stuff like that. I've, it's, it's not like a major or nothing that I've like majored in, but I read a lot of books that just help me to understand where people are mentally when they do certain things, what caused them you know, to, to do these things or whatever the, the case is. So it, mental health and and just learning about how people work, that is really interesting to me because once you once you understand that, it's like you can understand the person better and everybody yeah. is different. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, mental health is like... It's, it's To me, it's like your love language. If you can't understand your partner's mental health, then you, like, what do you mean? You can't understand them. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a love language. <laughs> and I've been, I've been with my wife, like I said, for 13 years now, and I'm still learning things about her. Like she's ADHD, and you know, I, I, I took, I, growing up, I know, okay, that means that she can't focus. That means that she, her mind, she's like scatterbrained. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it wasn't until recently. For an example, I seen this uh video on TikTok, and it was talking about people that's ADHD and the issue that they have with understanding time. So I tell her all the time, like, I'll be like, okay, we have an hour and a half to get to this certain place. And it's like in that hour and a half, she, in her mind, she feel like we can do all of this other stuff, like a whole bunch of different stuff. And I'm like, you have no idea what time is. You know what I'm saying? I, I tell her that all the time. Like, if we have an hour and a half, you can't fill it up with a bunch of things. You have to have an idea of how long each thing is going to take. But I didn't realize until recently that that's a part of her ADHD. Like some people that's ADHD have this, it's like a chemical thing where they have this, this thing where they can't, they really can't understand. Okay. If I have five minutes to, to be to this certain point, I can't then, put my makeup on, go to the bathroom, go do this, go do that. Like you only have five minutes. They don't understand that mentally. Do that make sense? Yeah. So that helps me to understand her. So when she do these things or when she's late, that's why a lot of people that's ADHD, they be late to a lot of things. It's all got to do with this, this chemical like imbalance that's causing them to not understand time correctly. So now when she do that, I have more of an understanding. I have more empathy for her because I know that, okay, that's a part of her ADHD. That's something that we're going to have to work on. You know what I'm saying? Help her yeah. to understand this time better. So, and all of that's got to do with, with mental health and trying to, just trying to understand people. That's my whole thing. I just want to understand people better. Understandable. So, question, because I have a few trans friends who they often say that most times the gay community won't consider their issues like trans issues. Has that affected you? Has that affected your mental health? Has that affected you at all? Not really. Cause I honestly, I kind of live in my own little world. It's not that, um, 
it's not that I don't care about like the gay community or nothing like that. It's just I I, I kind of I live in my own little bubble. So it's like the people that's around me, they just accept me for who I am. Like even with pronouns and stuff like that, I go by he, him, or either they, them pro pronouns. But if somebody called me she, like somebody that's known me for a while, or you know what I'm saying? If somebody, if I'm at a store or something and they be like miss or something like that, like I don't get super offended about that. You know, I, it, it doesn't really bother me at all. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Now, what I don't like is if if somebody is correctly gendering me, like I'm in a restaurant and they saying sir, or you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that and everything is cool. And then somebody that I'm with say ma'am and that draws all the attention on me. That gives me anxiety. Like, go with the flow of whatever is happening like that that gives me anxiety yeah, you so you gotta read the room yeah exactly read the room like don't it, it it just puts all the attention on me and i don't like a lot of attention like i like to play the background same it ain't like i walk around <laughs> with big, you know gay flags all over me gay pride flags or nothing like that and it's not that i don't have gay pride it's just i live my life in like you know i go to work i come home you know what i'm saying like i get I it I it's a part of your identity but it's not something that has to define you yeah it doesn't it doesn't really define me as a person like i just am who i am you know what i'm saying so to to go back to to what you asked it, it don't it don't really bother me because honestly i don't i don't really care you know what i'm saying like i just want to be accepted for who i am personally so if if the gay community or whoever, because when, when you say the gay community, it's kind of like, to me, it's like generalizing. But if, if a gay person or somebody that's like, you know, uh, whatever it, in in the spectrum of, you know what I'm saying, all of that, if they have a problem or if they don't want to accept me, that's a them problem opposed to it being my problem. You know what I'm saying? But I do, I do understand where people come from when they're like, you know, mad about those certain situations, especially when it comes to like political stuff and, you know, things like that. Like it's things that we need in the trans community that we're not necessarily getting, even like things as far as like healthcare. Like I think it's a, a big issue going on with healthcare. Like me being a trans man, if I go and I get my gender markers changed and, you know, get all of that stuff changed. So then I'm not able to get, um, like pap smears and stuff like that like it, it uh, under my insurance so let me put it that way under my insurance so there's a lot of things like that that definitely needs to be changed and it's something that's probably going to be changed with the help of the gay community or you know what i'm saying the, that movement so we do need that help but it, it as far as it affecting me personally right now not really gotcha. so I, don't, I don't really i don't really trip off of it if that makes sense gotcha so what are some of the things that have a like what are some of the things you've experienced with your mental health because me personally it's been just like major depression and anxiety those are the two things that are just and they go hand in hand so what are some of the things that you've experienced um anxiety is one i've never been through i've never went through a period where i've had any type of um depression the mental health issues that I feel like I have is not directly linked to me being trans or even before me transitioning, me being gay. It it, it just never was, it, it's not really linked to it. The mental health issues that I have have to do more with 
um, family issues and things that's just generational problems that we have Understandable. in the black community in general. So for instance, I feel like I have, um, I have a superhero complex. So I see greatness in, in all the people that's around me, like my family, my close knit family, I see greatness in all of them. And it's like, I want to see them go to this next level. I want to see them do better. I want to see them be better. And, but that's something that I want for them. And it gives me anxiety for them not to do what I want them to do. And that's not my place. So that's something that I'm like working through right now. I, every time I talk to my therapist, it's something like that that comes up because it's like, to give you an example, let's say my wife, okay, like I said, she's scatterbrained. She collects up things because of the because of her past and having scarcity she collects things because we're in a better place financially now. So it might be something as simple as uh, toilet paper. She one of those people that'll go out and buy a, a ass load of toilet paper just for no real reason. And and I'm it, it's just not toilet paper. It's like everything to make sure that if we never run out of anything, you know what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to get her to understand is that is messing for first of all is messing with your mental health because of because of the fact that she's ADHD all of this clutter and stuff it slows her down she can't really function at the at her full potential i see that and i try to get her to see that but it's like i push it too much because i see so much greatness in her that i want her to be this person that she may not even want to be. She might be fine with being in all that clutter and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I got this superhero mentality where it's like I have to show these people the greatness that they can be. But the reality of it is, is that that's not my place to do that. You know, she might be happy where she is or anybody that's around me, uh, my brother, my sister, like they might be happy where they are. And I'm constantly trying to push them, push them, push them. And it gives me anxiety. Like it makes me feel some type of way when they don't do what I want them to do. And that's not my place. So that's something that I'm kind of like working through. It don't really have, it's not really a connection to um, me being trans or anything like that, but it's just regular anxiety that I deal with. Um, understandable. Personally, for me, I wouldn't say that a lot of my mental health issues came from, like, necessarily my sexuality or anything. Um, a lot of it stemmed from, because I, I was suffering with depression, anxiety, before I had even, like, come to the realization that I was gay. It was just my upbringing, the toxic generational curses that we passed down from in the Black families, and the way we handle things and like really just my upbringing, a lot of like how a lot of things were handled. So for me personally, I wouldn't say that it came from, I would also say it, wouldn't, it didn't necessarily come from my sexuality. It just came from my upbringing and how I saw, because there was people who close to me who I saw going through, um, you know, depression, anxiety, a lot of those things. And at the young age I was, I didn't know what it was, but I knew something wasn't right. So me being like 10, 11, 12, seeing people going through all of this stuff that I know like, okay, you're not okay, but we're just going to ignore it and say, you know, like in the black films, oh, you know, you just ain't right. Like yeah. we, and ignore it, that kind of scarred me to the point where I didn't even start acknowledging 
that I was going through such mental health issues until like the age of 20, 21. And the, the only reason I started acknowledging it was because I started to realize like it was hindering my like personal growth. Yeah. Because I'm like 2021 and I'm so depressed that I can't even get out the bed. And it's like, everybody's like, oh, let's go out. And I'm like, I don't want to be around. Like, I can't even function right now. (laughs) Yeah. So how has um, like COVID and everything that's going on now, how has it has it affected your mental health at all? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of in my bag right now. Because I'm already, I'm an introvert. So that works out for me. I'm already, I'm not like germophobic or anything like that, but I like to keep things clean. And I think about the things that people are doing now to try to stay safe is things that I've been doing anyways. Using hand sanitizer, washing my hands on a regular basis. Um, Just that stuff is just regular to me. So I'm kind of like in my bag right now. So not only do I get to be secluded in the house with my family, especially when the pandemic was like really, really strict. You know what I'm saying? I was okay with that. The only thing that I was having an issue with that probably was affecting my mental health a little bit was not being able to go to the gym. Now, the reason why that was affecting me so much is because I used to be almost 300 pounds. I was 284 pounds at one point. Um, I think that was my highest weight. And about two years ago, I started this weight loss journey and I've been doing really well on my weight loss journey. And for me not to be able to go to the gym was me not being able to mentally get away from everything that was happening at home and just have some personal time. Yeah. Focusing on myself. So now I was stripped away of this opportunity to focus on myself. And as well as that, now I'm put in a situation where I'm kind of like sitting and chilling all day. Um, I, I still went to work. So that kind of helped me a little bit because now my job, because at the time I was quote unquote an essential worker. So yeah. it kind of helped me to where I can still keep somewhat of a of a routine going. But me going, uh, going from home, going to work, coming back home, that was a, a good thing for me. Me not being able to go to the gym it it made me it made me anxious because once you lose weight especially to the point that I that I lost weight I live in fear every day of gaining that weight back I understand it yeah. I recently um like last 4 or 5 months or so lost a good amount of weight like 2020 I actually lost a good amount of weight I went down like two pant sizes so it is a bit of like thank you it is a bit of like a mind fuck when you aren't able to like do certain things that you know you were doing to help you lose that weight because like now you're like shit I'm just sitting here eating and like what the like I don't want to you because it's a fear of going back to where that was you see the growth you see the glow up you see how you worked so hard to get there you like well I don't want to go back to like where I was because I was I was at my biggest and now I'm back at like the weight I was in middle school 
Yeah. Like, so for me, it's like, I'm not going back to that. What I got, whatever I got to do, if I got to go walk around the block two, three, four times, I'm finna do it because, like, I don't want to go back to that. It's not yeah. that I wasn't, like, I was, I had gotten to a point where I was still, com- I was comfortable with, like, my body, with my weight. I had accepted it and I was comfortable with it. I, you yeah. know, I lo- loved myself and all of that. But personally, it was just like, I'm loving myself more because I'm starting to do things that are making me happy. Yeah. So you know what's, you know what's odd about that? Um, the whole time when I was almost three hundred pounds, I never had any like issues with self esteem. Um, none of that stuff. When I was in, I say when I was in middle school, elementary school, middle school, early. Well, I'm gonna say high school as well. I dealt with having like low self esteem. Um, a lot of that was because of my sexuality though i think that that's really what it was because once i came out and was like wearing the clothes that i wanted to wear as far as like wearing the baggy jeans and t-shirts and stuff like that all of that self-esteem all of them self-esteem issues went out the door it's like regardless of what size i was from the age of like i say from the age of 16 to when i started transitioning at the age of 30 i never had any more self-esteem issue it was never an issue for me like regardless of what size I was when I walked in the room I felt like I was the flyest baddest motherfucker in there so but with that being said though now that I've started transitioning and on top of that lost weight the person that I am now is not that same person and now when I look back at old pictures it's like even though I wasn't feeling it at that time, I can see in my eyes how unhappy I was with the exactly. way that I looked. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's, it's it's really like, it's kind of one of them things where it's like you have to get out of it to look back and see how unhappy you, you was. Have to look at it during those, yeah, during those times, I felt like I was fine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 300, almost 300 pounds. I still, I, even when I would look at pictures while I was 300, close to 300 pounds, I still wouldn't see, you know what I'm saying? I'm still like, damn, that was a badass outfit I had on. Or, you know what I'm saying? Dak, I like the way I look in that hat. But now that I look back at those pictures, it's like I can see it in my eyes that I just was not happy. Yeah, um, I agree. Because, like, I, I look at, <laughs> like, I literally, probably like a month ago, went through my old Facebook photos. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at myself from, like, back then when I was like at my biggest and I was like what the fuck like <laughs> first of all what were you wearing yeah. <laughs> second of all yeah. like you could not have thought that you was like legit cute in this shit yeah. <laughs> you could not have been feeling yourself the way you was feeling yourself when you was wearing this shit cause like yeah. I, I found a picture like I had on this shirt that was like literally two sizes too big and I had on some cargo shorts and like a wrist, it was just, it was atrocious. It was tragic, man. And I was like, first of all, you could not have been feeling yourself the way you was feeling yourself in this picture. And because yep. like, for me, it was just like, when I started to lose the weight and I started to notice that I lost the weight, like when I went down another pant size, I was like, whoa, okay. Like now I had to go buy like a whole new wardrobe. So with yep. that, it just started to, it started making me feel myself now because like now I go out. And I get comfortable, like, I went over to my sister's house uh, Friday. Her best friend was over there. Her best friend 
from like when I was young. She's known me since I was like a, a baby, baby. And she was yeah. like, okay, like I see you losing weight over there looking skinny. I was like, okay. And then like just the the confidence that that brings because you start like now, for me, I was never like a fashion person. It would just yeah. be whatever I wore. Like I, I would feel myself in it. But like now that I had to go buy a whole new wardrobe, it just opened up a new door for me because it's like now I can go get some shit I really want to get. <laughs> it did. Everything changed. Like I went from a size 44 in pants to now I'm a size 33 in pants. And my whole style and everything changed. Like when I was at a size 44, I wore big baggy jeans all the time. And of course, when you wear baggy jeans, it's certain kind of shoes that you have to wear. So I would, I used to love um, like Patrick Ewan's, like any kind of big, almost like skateboarder type shoe. I used to love those shoes. And I didn't even, at the time, I didn't even realize that I liked those shoes because they went with these big baggy pants that I was wearing. And I was actually laughing at people like, wearing skinny jeans like I don't see how they can move in that you know what I'm saying just it's kind of like a, a sour grape type type situation where it's like I, I didn't like it because I couldn't wear it but at the time mentally I, that's not how I was feeling now that I look back on it I can see that but now it's like I wear not necessarily well I do wear skinny jeans sometimes but I wear tighter fitting jeans especially around like my ankles and stuff so that made it change up the type of shoes that I wear so now I wear like a lot of Vans I love Vans it just never wore avenue like yeah you know. I never wore a pair of Vans before then you know what I'm saying like Vans are so comfortable like they literally my favorite shoe right now never wore them until I lost all that weight so it's like it's little things like that that just help boost my confidence and help boost me up. And it's, it's, I was slacking in places I didn't even know that I was slacking. Like, I thought my confidence was fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, Same. in my I mind. I went from like a 42 40 to like a 36. Yeah. So for me, it was just like, I was used to wearing like pants that I know weren't going to fit right. I would, literally, I was the one who wore a graphic tee and some blue jeans and whatever kind of shoes I could wear because I have huge feet so like whatever type of shoes I could find but like now it just like you said it opens up a different avenue it opens up a new window for you to look at like okay now I'm going to actually put like hard detailed thought into what I want to wear and I'm gonna wear the shit I want to wear yeah exactly so that 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 helped me out a lot like once I realized that but it just really showed me that sometimes you can be going through mental health issues and not even know it like you don't even know that you in the storm until you out of the storm and i mean i'm I'm so thankful that i'm i'm working and i'm getting in a better place and i'm sure five ten years from now i look back on pictures of myself now and be like okay i was kind of like going through a little something you know <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying? especially with me transitioning and stuff like that like i've been transitioning for like the last four four years now i started when i was 30 and like my mom still calls me like her daughter you know what i'm saying and and it don't really bother me right now but once i get like i said once i get out of that storm i probably look back on that and be it's be like cringeworthy yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's it's it don't bother me now but i'm sure five years from now when i'm in a different place mentally it, it, it's not going to look the same you know what i'm saying so it i say all that to say that the, the mental health issues that that I go through now or that I have went through, it don't necessarily define 
who I am is is almost like a phase. Like I have different phases, different seasons in my life. Certain things mean more to me now than what they meant to me before. Certain things mean less to me now than what they meant to me before. You know what I'm saying? So in, in anything that you're going through, just keep going. You know what I'm saying? If you're yeah. going through hell, don't stop and look around and you know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah. that. Just keep going. Cause um, I mean, for me, a big part of why I chose to do this, why I chose to do this podcast, especially on mental health and the, you know, LGBTQ plus community just was, I remember being the young boy, the young black queer boy who was going through hell, didn't even know he was going through hell and had no one there to like, look up to. That's, and I, I um commend you and your wife because being married and being in this community, the entire community, period, is just not something that, especially being black and married in this community, it's not something we see that often. Yeah. Like growing up, I didn't have any like role models on relationships. And, and that's something that fucks with our mental health. Well, fucked with my mental health because it was like I didn't know when I first started dating, I didn't know how to date because I like, who do I look up to and who do I like see as a reference? Yeah. All I had around me was like <clears throat> the bad instances of relationships that we have that I had in the black community. You know, what's ironic about that is it's not even just in the gay community, as far as like being able to see good black relationships, period. That's it. I, I realized that now because me and my wife, we have a, a great relationship. Now, by all means, we're not perfect. You know, we don't we don't live our life like everything is just perfect and, you know, peachy and all of that stuff. We have our issues just like anybody else. But we are truly, truly, truly in love. We're committed to each other. We don't go around cheating on each other. You know what I'm saying? Like we we're building a family. We have a foundation. Uh, we have a daughter, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, our nieces and nephews love to be at our house. They just, it, they look at us and it's like, we, we might be flirting with each other. We still find each other super fucking attractive. Even after all of this time, we've been together 13 years. And even my daughter, she look at us sometime. Like the other day we, we were sitting in the car and she walked up with some of her friends. We sitting in the parking lot in, in, in our apartment complex. And she walked up with some of our friends and knocked on the door and scared us. Like me and my wife was in the car, like literally just kissing, having an intimate moment. And she look at it like, She'll, she'll like make fun of it like ew like you know what I'm saying y'all nasty da, 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 da. but when she get us by herself she tell us like how basically how cute we are as a couple you know what I'm saying yeah. but it's like these kids are not seeing what a healthy relationship period whether it's a gay relationship straight relationship they're not seeing a good healthy relationship period in this generation and it's like to see that even when I see it in other people, because I don't see it that often. When I see it in other people, it's like I'd be like happy about that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like I um on Twitter regularly, I, I uh praise a lot of the black couples because it, it's not a easy thing to do, mm-hmm. especially in this time. It's not a it's it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of time, and not a lot of couples are able to succeed. Yeah. So when I see it, I praise it because it, it, it's not easy and you know we I didn't see it I didn't have it growing up I didn't have in, healthy instances of relationships growing up I didn't have healthy you know like role models growing up 
of you know that we're in healthy relationships so for me when i see it i, I love to praise it because it ain't easy it's not at all. <laughs> it ain't not easy. easy and to go back to what to to the mental health side of it that's got a lot to do with it like mental health like a lot of uh, we have a lot of generational things that's just really really messed up for us that we just it, it we're, we're taught that you know what i'm saying and, and even in my relationship now it's like I we've had to work through a lot of things. We've had issues with the blended family part of 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 a relationship, and it's different parts, you know. what I'm saying of relationships that's gonna actually make things work. The thing that we have the most issues with is the blended family part because my wife don't always get along with my sister. She don't always get along with my mom, which that's a normal thing. But we really really struggle with that. Like it's it's a normal thing for the mother-in-law to, you know what I'm saying, be overbearing, especially with my mom, because my mom look at me more like a son than she look at me as a daughter. So when you're dealing with a son and a mother, it's always like it, the, that bond is, is there. She'll do anything for me. She want to be the number one lady in my life. And then when my wife came around, it's like, I remember when we first started like really dating, my wife has always been like a, a homekeeper. You know what I'm saying? Like she all, she always take good care of me and everything. So I got really, really, really sick at, at one point when we first got together. I had like bronchitis or something like that. And usually when those things happen, my mom would be the person who would come and bring me tea and give me orange juice and you know what I'm saying? Just take care of me. And when I got sick that time, all I wanted to do was to be around my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time, but that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be around her. She was going to the store getting tea for me and everything like that. And I went and visit, went and visit my mom. And as I was getting ready to leave, she broke down crying because in her mind is like, I'm supposed to be giving you tea and you know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to be doing all these things for you. But now this random girl has come up and it's like, she took my place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she was literally crying because I was sick and she couldn't take care of me. And like that was an early in our relationship, but different instances of that has come up, you know what I'm saying? Through over the years. And it's still to this day is like an issue, you know what I'm saying? But the, the, it's the way that we were raised that makes things like that. Like, so if there was one thing that you could tell your younger self like if you could go back and tell your younger self one thing what would it be um if it's just one thing uh something that has changed my life for the better is me finding and learning about the law of attraction i didn't i didn't start learning about the law of attraction or uh, the book, The Secret, is what introduced me to it. So I didn't actually find the book, The Secret, until I was in my maybe mid twenty, mid to late 20s. So if I can go back and tell myself anything, it would be to go and read that book. And not just read it, but actually really understand it and, and absorb what it's saying. Because even with my, even with my transition and everything, all of that stemmed from me understanding that I, I'm an energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm an energy. Energy don't have no gender. It don't have none of that. It just is. So with me knowing that, if I see 
a way that I want to be. If I see something and I, I say, okay, I feel like this is how I'm supposed to look, regardless of how that look is, I can become that look. I can become what I feel like I'm supposed to be. And that's financially, that's physically, that's mentally, that's that's emotionally, that's whatever. You know what I'm saying? I can I control that. And that opened my eyes up to the fact that thoughts become things. You know what I'm saying? That th- thoughts become things. So whatever I think about, that's what I'm going to bring into my life. You know what I'm saying? So the younger me would never believe that I am who I am now. Like, it just don't even seem like a thing that, that can be reached to my younger self. Mm-hmm. So I think the the reading the book, The Secret, and not just reading the book, The Secret, but actually understanding it and then doing further research and understanding it further and deeper and deeper, I think that would be something that would change my life completely if I can go back and, you know, say that or tell my younger self that. Understandable. That's deep. For me personally, um... It's not as deep. <laughs> I think for me personally, I just because I, I I I've been through hell and back. I'm 25, and a lot of people when they they realize, they find out I'm 25, they're like, oh well, you know, you haven't really lived. You haven't had a. I've in these 25 years, I've been through hell and back ten times over. And um, for me personally, I think if there was one thing that because I, I don't I wouldn't change anything that I've been through because it's made me the person that I am today. And the person that I am today is a strong, resilient person who is a go-getter, like a survivor. So if it was just one thing I could tell myself, it would just be my younger self, it would just be go give him hell. Yeah. Give him hell. Because I've been through hell and back and everything I've been through has made me stronger has made me smarter, has made me wiser. And it's made me the person now who is going to go out and get what the hell he wants regardless. I'm going to go do what I need to do to get what I need to get to get to where I want to be. Yeah. So it it ain't as deep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mine go go pretty deep, but it's it's all all of that. It's basically all of that entwined into one. Because along with learning about the law of attraction and all of that stuff it may, it helped me to learn to love myself it helped me to even learn to love my enemies because they don't even understand it it, it, it it's like they don't understand that whatever you wishing on me you wishing on yourself as well yeah it helps me to understand all of that so it i could say like um love yourself you know what i'm saying like focus on yourself because that's that those are some of the things that come to mind first like i was supposed to go in the military straight out of straight out of high school and it's probably one of the biggest regrets that i have like my actions straight out of high school are some of the biggest regrets that i have either i would i was supposed to go to the military but even if i didn't go to the military i wish i would have went to like a four-year college like a real you know what i'm saying a real on campus, lived on campus, eat ramen noodles every night, like that type of college experience is something that I wish that I had. And all of those things were halted because I was wrapped up in somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So I could have, in order for me to go in the military, they wanted me to lose like 20 pounds to get, you know, into the military. And then once I got in the military, they were going to put me on like a weight loss program. I had a whole summer to lose that 20 pounds. 
I could have easily lost that 20 pounds, but subconsciously it's like I was self-destructive because I didn't really want to go. I, I mean, I wanted to go, but self-consciously I didn't really want to go because I wanted to be here for, it was actually a girl that I was dating. I wanted to be there with her opposed to me having a future. The yeah. biggest regret of my life, it didn't even work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, what did I do? All that? I literally ruined my future for something that now I look back on it and it's like that relationship wasn't even worth it. And not that I would change it because it's, it's because of those different things that I met my wife. Yeah. It's because of those, you know what I'm saying? Like, it. of course, everything happens for a reason. So it's not that I would necessarily change that. But in a perfect world, it's something that is like I would have put my foot down I would have focused I would have lost them little 20 pounds now it's like I can lose 20 pounds or I could have at, at the weight that I was then I could have lost that 20 pounds by damn near doing nothing you know what yeah. I'm saying getting up walking every day changing a little bit of what I was eating so it's not like it was a big a big issue of why I couldn't go but I allowed that to stop me from doing what I really wanted to do so like I said the that bit of information going and reading the secret it can help with all of that stuff you know what i'm saying like if if i would have knew that thought becomes things if i would have known about energies and you know what i'm saying i would have first of all if i would have known about energies i would have understood that the person that i was risking everything and throwing everything to the side for wasn't even on the same energy as me was literally toxic you know what yeah. i'm saying so if I would have known that back then, then I could have reassessed that situation. So it's like, yeah, that is that one little thing. Read this book, but it was it would have opened up to so many other things that could have yeah, been. Yeah, I get because the the it's that's why I say it's it's deep because yeah. it it is um specific to you to mm -hmm. what like to what would have helped you in that time and what would have helped you better yourself. So I, I definitely get it. Yeah. I, yeah, like it for me personally, I just say give them hell because I I know I'm like I said, I like you said, I believe um everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So I know I, I personally I don't want to I there are things that I wish I could have done differently, of course, but I don't really know if I would want to change anything because I don't know what that would affect, how that would affect me. I don't know if that would have been much worse for me. Yeah, because things in my life they've been bad, but they could have also been much worse. Yep. Um, especially when it comes to my mental health, like they could have been much, much worse. Yep. So I do understand. Absolutely, that make that makes sense, and that 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 gratitude that you have is like that, that's the key to to everything to me. Like I, I say that I wish I would have read the secret back then. And, and I, I stand on that because of the fact that it showed me how to have gratitude. Like you saying that it could have been much worse. And there's some people that live through things that was way worse. And that it, it helped me to put things into perspective. Like, yeah, my situation was fucked up. But at the end of the day, it could have been so much worse. You know, it's always like, somebody out there going through something 10 times worse. Exactly. So you got to have that that gratitude like, OK, this happened to me. But what good came out of that? What did this and teach me? That is where that, I am at now in my life. Because exactly. me personally, like I'm the one who I don't know if you've ever seen the meme of the dog where he was sitting there drinking his coffee. And he was like, uh, like everything was on fire around him. And he was just like, oh, well, it could be worse. That is yeah. me. like yeah. when some bad shit happens, like I could go outside right now and 
go like you know fall or something just like something bad could happen i'm the one that's gonna be like well you know it's okay we got this because i've realized that i am going i am a survivor yeah i have survived hell and back like the list i could list the the half of the shit that's happened to me but i've survived so i've realized that i have that survivor spirit and um for me I, i it comes a lot from my like the the positive people that I did have in my upbringing my grandmother she was someone who was very very uh important to me because I saw half of the shit that she went through and she survived she thrived so for me it's like I'm not going to harp on all of the horrible shit that's happening to me all of the bad shit that continues to happen because it I'm gonna survive and I'm gonna be better I'm gonna come out 10 times better 2020 was very bad it was very bad but it was also very good 2020 I went into one of the worst uh depressions that i'd ever been in like ever but i also look at the good that came out of 2020 i started two businesses i started this journey this podcasting journey because it was very important for me to start this because i think about young me and how i didn't have this how i didn't have something like this i didn't have some you know someone out there who was trying to normalize the shit that that i was going through so for me, it's like, I, I look at all the positive shit that's happened that came out of 2020, and that's what's important to me. Yeah. Yeah, you have to look at look at the bright side. And I know I know with my family and stuff, it can be kind of annoying to them because I'm just so, I try to stay so positive all the time. They It's so funny because it's just human nature that a lot of times people just want to see the negative side of things. And when you bring to them the positive side, it's like, ugh. You know, there they go again with the with the bullshit. With you know what I'm saying? Sunshine. Don't nobody yeah. want to be happy. No, I'm not gonna be exactly. negative. Like fuck that. <laughs> like, exactly. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna to stay, stay in my bubble of positivity. I've been in my bubble of positive uh, positivity since December. I'm gonna stay here. Like I'm not coming out of pocket. No. Yeah, it's okay. always a positive side. No matter what happens, it's always a positive side. You just have to open yourself up and and be able to see that it's always something to be grateful for. You know what I'm saying? Like, if some, even when people pass away, it's like that's the worst case scenario. But the reality of it is, like, you had that amount of time with that person. Some people never even uh, if uh, your dad or mom or something like that passed away. It's like, yes, that's fucking horrible that's horrific that's a horrible thing you know what i'm saying but at the same time it's some people that never even met their mom and dad they don't even know what they look like never made eye contact with them you know what i'm saying like they parents could have passed away or died in a car accident when they were two three years old never got that bond so if you you know what i'm saying in in 20 30 40 50 years old and your parents pass away absolutely that is fucking horrible like i hate it you know what i'm saying but at the same time it's like you had 20 30 40 years to enjoy this person you know what i'm saying you had that time to spend with them and i look at that like my my grandmother my grandmother passed away when i was 16 i was was, (laughs) yeah i was the light of her eye like i she and she was the light of mine she was everything to me you know she was the the only person that really i felt like really understood me she was everything to me when she passed away it it broke me down it was it was a horrible situation but i'm just so thankful that i got to experience that with her and it's like i feel bad for my my nieces and nephews 
now and my daughter that they never got to experience her. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel sad for that. So it makes me feel grateful for the time that we did have. Like I did have her for that little bit of time that I had her for. So it's like, it's always a positive side. No matter how bad the situation looks, it's always a positive side. I sit back and sometimes I just like meditate and some people can call it praying. I just call it, you know, talking to the most high, talking to the universe at the end of the day. But I just sit there and I just name out the things that I'm grateful for. And they don't even have to be nothing big. Like I was laying in the bed one day and I had this big plush, like furry type blanket. And I was so fucking warm. Like I was just, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just feeling it, like feeling how warm I was. And I just took a second to, for one, feel that fabric on my skin, feel that warmness that's coming from it. Then I went from that and just went further out. Like I was thanking God for, the blanket that I had on. I was thanking God for the bed I was laying in. I was thanking God for the room that I was in. It just went further and further out. Thanking God for my wife. Thanking God for the TV. Because when I think about it, it's like, it's people right now in Atlanta that's literally sleeping under bridges. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They would love to have just this blanket that I have. Not to mention the bed, the pillows, the sheets, the, the fact that my bed is not on the floor. The TV that I have, the I have a four-bedroom apartment. The apartment that I have, me and my wife each have cars. We have two cars. It was times where we didn't have no car. It was times where we had one car that was raggedy as hell. You know what I'm saying? It's just little things that people overlook on a daily basis. I take time out of my day, and I thank God for it. Because it's, yeah. the reality of it is, is that some people don't have it. Yeah, that's, that's just true. the bottom line. Some people don't eat three meals a day. Some people be lucky to get one meal a day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to really thank God for the basics. You know what I'm saying? Like just take the basics and just have gratitude for them. And then it'll make it where you really, really have gratitude for the things that you have. Like even your clothes. You might say, dang, I ain't hardly got no clothes. You know what I'm saying? Look at this. This All of this is trash. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, one day when you got those clothes, you thought that was the cutest thing in the store. You know what I'm saying? You pulled out your money and bought that thinking that that was cute. So take your mind back to the time when you thought this outfit was cute. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you were happy just to be able to get it. Exactly. Exactly. And everything in your wardrobe was like that at one point. I don't care if you got it from the Goodwill. You went through the Goodwill right now. And was like, oh shit, I like it. Let's get it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So you got to take your mind. Now you looking at that same shirt like, I don't have no clothes. This shit raggedy and da 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 da. But no, it was a time where you was grateful to have that shirt. It was a time where you bought that shirt in a bag into your house, you open that bag, you look so happy to put that motherfucker on. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I don't care how old that shirt is, at one point, that's how you felt about that shirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it helps me just to put things into perspective. Like, somebody would be grateful for that shirt. Somebody will look at that shirt. You, I shop at the Goodwill all the time because I just like, I love the Goodwill. But that, whatever I bought out of the Goodwill, on my profile picture, on um on my Instagram page recently, I took a picture in this coat and it's got like um I don't know what they what they call that print. It looked like a Native American type print to me, but the, the coat is like made out of like a um uh, it's almost like a blanket, but it's a hoodie and it's got like the hoodie is like made where it looked like a scarf. It's just the shit is fly as fuck to me. <laughs> yeah. But I found that in the Goodwill. 
So that means that somebody looked at that coat and was like, this shit is raggedy, goodwill. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to them, that that was nothing. To me, it was everything. Like, I took that coat and fucking, you know what I'm saying, killed the shit. You know what I'm saying? It meant something to me, but to somebody else, it didn't mean nothing. Yeah. So when you put things in perspective like that, like, it's like one man's trash is another man's treasure type situation. Your trash is somebody else's treasure. The TV, the little... TV that I watch, somebody else would love to have that TV. The car that I drive, somebody else is praying for that kind car of car. While like I'm, that. yeah, while I'm sitting here like this piece of shit, you know, somebody what I'm saying? driving, somebody walking it. down the uh, street, they're looking at that car like that's my dream car. Like, yeah, that's my it, dream car. It, it, I, I agree. And for me personally, it just it took for me to lose a lot of what I had to appreciate what I had. In 2020, I um I had lost my job. My like the whole company had closed, and wow. was without a job for like a um, two months. So for me, it took a it took a while. Like it, it took for me to to lose that and to be out here surviving and and thriving like that. For me to understand, like I'm thankful for everything I got, like everything, yeah. because I I've had I've it's been times where I didn't have shit. Yeah. The car I got now, I love that motherfucker. Like, I, cause it was times like a year ago. This time, I was driving a hoopty. <laughs> like, sure. that motherfucker wouldn't even start. Like, but <laughs> now I'm in a place where, like, I I was able. I was in a place where I was able to get a newer car. Like, I was able to get a new car. So for me, it's, yes. it takes. It took for me to lose a lot of what I had to be able to be thankful for everything that I had. Yeah, it it, it happens like that, and I think that's the key. That's the key to success, man. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Stop worrying about what you don't have. Focus on what you do. Stop have. trying to keep up with the Joneses and just be thankful for the things that you are able to have on your own. Forget the Joneses because the the reality of it is what everybody else have is not what's going to make you happy. And it's not meant for you. Yeah, it's not. Exactly. So it's like you, you just have to have gratitude, man. That's how I live my life like just have gratitude and it's it's so funny because the more that you're grateful for things the more stuff you get and then it, it, Ooh, it's even crazy word yeah the, it's the more stuff you get and it's it's so crazy because now this the stuff that you get all of the materialistic stuff is not even important to you no more you know what i'm saying it's like you're grateful for it but it don't it's not the thing that matters Mm-mm. because the, you, the, you happy to have it you you happy to have it but it ain't it ain't some shit you got to have Exactly. It ain't exactly. necessity. Exactly. Like I regardless of your religion or whatever, you know what I'm saying, whatever you believe in, at the end of the day, I, I always say the most high because I mean God, I mean Allah, Buddha, whoever it is, whoever your most high is, your higher self, whoever your most high is, the, the way that the most high works is if say for instance, you give somebody a gift, right? You put a lot of thought into it, you give that person a gift. When you see that person enjoying that gift, when they get excited and they thankful and they grateful for that gift, that makes you want to give them more because you see how excited they are. The universe is just like that. If the universe, if you, if you pray for a car and you get a car, you need to take care of that car. You need to love that car. You need to have just as much gratitude for that car as when you got that car, because the universe is going to be like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? They really like that. Let me bless them with something else. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? 
upgrade on that car. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that that's how the that's how the universe works. That's how God works. So if 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 you ungrateful for the small things that God give you, why would they give you more stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like it don't even make sense. So when you think about it in that aspect, it makes you really have have gratitude and really be grateful for the moment, for the moment that you have right now. Yes. Everything that I have right now, this second, I'm so thankful for it. Exactly. People complain that at, I've been working at the same job for the last five years. All people do there is complain. That's all they do. I work for such a good company. We worked the whole time during the pandemic. No days off. Like we, I work for a, a company where we make the little labels that go on fruit. Mm-hmm. You can't sell fruit in the United States without, without this label. The label. <laughs> so it's a foolproof, foolproof job. We get paid good. Like Sometimes I'd be amazed that I even get paid as much as I do to do the little amount of work that I do. It's fucking nuts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when I really think about it, the jobs that I had before and I was getting paid literally less than half of what I get paid now, it's, it don't even make sense. So why would I complain about my job? Yeah, my manager do shit that pissed me off sometimes. That's a moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a moment. That That's not going to make me complain about my job i thank god every day for my job regardless of what's going on sometimes they piss me off sometimes things don't work out the way that i want them to i still thank god for my job because at the end of the day how am i gonna get blessed with more if i'm not thanking god and having gratitude for the things that i have now it's not even it don't even make sense to do that why would i why, why would god give me more if i'm not thankful for what i have yeah thanks very important i think it's very important the gratitude aspect is very important because it allows you to it it allows you to help you thrive in your life because it it allows you to stop thinking about what you don't have and start to appreciate everything that you do have and it allows you to stop thinking outside of your body and think i need to go do this i need to get this i need to get this and then it allows you to just sit back and say i have all of this so i'm fine yep Exactly. And to take it back to the basis of this conversation, it helps so much with your mental health. It It helps so much. Once you understand that you don't need, like need all of the stuff that you call yourself wanting, it it changes everything. It does. It changes everything. It does. I agree. Because for, for me personally, like now when I go shopping or I go like out, I think about, okay, I'll go out and I'll go to the store and I'll pick up a bunch of shit and I'm like, first off, this isn't a this is not a need. It is a necessity. It isn't a necessity. It's a want. Yeah. It's some shit you can do without because you have all of this shit at home. Yeah. So it helps me start to dial back and stop thinking so much, which for me is my biggest issue. I'm I'm an overthinker. I will overthink myself to a grave. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how my mind works. It's what it it's what ignites my anxiety. Yeah. Because I overthink myself into a panic attack. I did that shit at work two weeks ago. I literally was at work and for no reason, out of the blue, just am having a panic attack because I'm overthinking everything. I'm like, okay, what well, did I do this right? Did I have this conversation correctly? Did I notate this correctly? Okay, I fucked up. Now I gotta over replay everything in my head. Yeah. But when you start to live in the moment, that's when you stop doing those things. That's when you start to have healthier mind, healthier mental health. Yep. 
and I think meditation would help a lot with that as well. Now, I'm not I'm not no guru on meditation. Most of the time when I meditate, I end up sleep. You know what I'm saying? But I do know how to take a couple of seconds in a day and just I don't it ain't like I'm meditating like like I'm Buddha or nothing like that, but I'll take a, a minute. I can take a minute to just close my eyes and just be in the moment. I'm getting ready to walk into my house. I don't know what's going on in there. You know what I'm saying? But whatever's going on in there, I'm not going to let allow it to upset me on the inside. I came to this conclusion that I'm not going to let outside circumstances control how I feel on the inside. So once you get in that mindset and you take a minute, it, it don't even have to be a full minute. Sometimes I just sit there for a couple, 30 seconds. I sit at, at my desk for 30 seconds. I close my eyes, breathe in, breathe out, focus on just me, feeling the seat that I'm sitting on. What part of my body is it supporting the most? Are my feet stable on the ground? You know what I'm saying? How does this seat feel? How does this material feel on my body? I think about things like that because it helps me to get centered. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It helps you ground so I, yourself. I understand that. For exactly. me personally, I, um, I've um i started meditating, but it's my own way of meditation. <laughs> For me personally, like my an hour before I go to sleep, I usually go to sleep at like 12, but if I have to work the next day. So at like 1045, 11, I shut everything down cut everything off. I go in the room, I turn my little mood light on, I light some candles, and I literally just have an hour of just, because I have a playlist that I listen to. It's my calm down playlist, my feel better playlist is what I call it. And I literally just turn that on and for an hour, it's just me laying there, relaxing and just calming the storm in my brain and listening to music just so that I can be calm and like reserved for the next day. Yeah. I had to come up with that. Yeah, that's that's way more than what I do. <laughs> I had to because I'm an overthinker. It literally, I will overthink myself into a panic attack. And I've done that shit so many times. So I recently started doing this probably like a week and a half ago. Because I, I would usually, I used to play music when I was young, but before I went to bed. But I had got grew out of that. But so what I, like, what I do now is just, I started doing that. And I was like, you know what? hour before bed I turn everything off I turn my feel better uh, playlist on and it's just an hour of me literally being calm not thinking about shit and just having a moment to just breathe yeah that makes sense <laughs> it seemed like that that that'll be very very helpful like it especially is. if you have an anxiety and panic panic attacks and stuff like that that's that's gotta be like everything it, it is a life changer <laughs> <laughs> it's a life changer because like I'm, I'm no trying. matter what goes on that day i'll be like you know what we good because we gonna have an hour tonight and we gonna be good like we good, That's goals. <laughs> That's we goals. good. i would love to do that <laughs> we good. I have to, meanwhile i'm over here taking like 30 seconds like <laughs> 30 seconds ain't gonna be enough for me because i'm gonna take that 30 seconds and then like like because i have somebody at work that might get on my nerves I take that 30 seconds and then after 30 seconds, it's like, okay, now what's up? Like, what's good? Like, yeah. now I'm even more upset. Like, what's up? Because now yeah. you like, well, <laughs> my 30 seconds is up and I'm still upset with you. <laughs> like, yeah. no. And it's all got to do with how, like, you personally, too. Like, yes. that, that's, you have that's to what find I think what works people, for you. Exactly. And I think that's what people like be messing up because I would love to like sit and meditate, even for like 30 minutes, like sit literally with my legs crossed, listening to, 
gongs or whatever, bells or whatever. I would love to just do that and you know what I'm saying? But that just doesn't work for me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's so not you have one to do, size fits all. Exactly. You have to do whatever works for you and don't be scared to experiment. You know no, what I'm saying? Because like, you never know what is going to work for you. It might, you like how it's for you is them taking them 30 seconds. It could be you literally going and on your way to work in traffic, just sitting in silence or yeah. lasting mute. Like, no, it could be anything. When it comes to your mental health, you have to try whatever because you have to find your formula. It's not one size fits all. Yep. And that, it's so funny that you mentioned that because that's how I prepare myself for, for work. And n- note now, it's, it's only a four minute drive, four or five minute drive from my house to my job. That four or five minute drive, I don't listen to no music. I don't, it's literally silence in my car. And that's how I prepare myself for, mm-hmm. for the work day. And on days when I'm tired, like I might write something on Facebook, like I was so tired this morning, you know what I'm saying? This, that, and third. And people tell me all the time, well, listen to hype music and this, that, and third. And it's like, I try that, but it just, it don't, once I get the work, it's like, it's not, re- it's not very helpful for me. I have to have that moment to sit back and think. And you know what I'm saying? Just for them little five minutes just a moment to think and just gather myself so I'm just the opposite <laughs> I've got yeah, to I have my play like all the way to work i i have become an old person and started creating playlists for everything like yeah. i have a i have a, a playlist for um on the way to work it's like a 20 minute drive so i have a playlist that i go in and i shuffle and it's it helps me like before i get to when i get to work i'm jamming to my music it's literally everything on there from like selena to sade like yeah. <laughs> oh so, but that's what helps me like calm my brain and be like okay you know what we're gonna have a good day because yeah. like half the time i walk into work and they'll be like like the person who's sitting next to me she'll be like oh they starting to bullshit already no we're having a good day that i don't yeah. even know what you're talking about that has nothing yeah. to do with like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm good. This is my little bubble. You, I don't even hear you. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because if if I had like a a long drive, like where I used to stay at, I was working at the same job, but where I used to stay at, it was like a 20, 30 minute drive, and I would that's what I would do. Like for that long of a drive, I would definitely play music, something to either get me hyped or something to help me calm out or mellow out, according to how I'm feeling that day. But for this five minute drive to work, every day is like complete silence. So that's why I say it's like you gotta just experiment with things. Sometimes you might need to take a drive. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You might just need to just drive by yourself, silence in the car, either music in the car. You just have to go off of the vibe of how you feeling. You know what I'm saying? Experiment and find things that that work for you and help you. Just make sure that you're feeling good. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that's what you want to do. Ask yourself, how do I feel right now? If you're feeling anxious, do something different. You know what I'm saying? Find, figure out something else for you to do. If you're feeling good and you vibing, it's like, I feel great right now. Keep doing that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, Take it, notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take notes on, on, on what's making you feel great. And do that. Whatever that is that's making you feel great, do that. Do more of that thing. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I do want to thank you so much for coming on, Ron, sharing your story and being open about it as well. Because like I said, I do know that mental health is a very, it's not as easy of a topic to speak on because it, it gets very deep. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm, I'm an open book with it. So and anything that, 
you know, I can do to help or that I can talk about, especially with me being trans and with everything that's going on in the trans community right now, like it, we, we have to normalize talking about mental health because there's a lot of people out there that's like really just suffering and they suffering in silence. Suffering in silence. That, that is the biggest thing right now. There's so much suffering in silence, especially in the black community. Yeah. It's so much of, okay, well, you know, you just going through something. You'll be okay. Suck it up. Like, no, if you ain't <laughs> right, go get fucking help. Like, yeah. I don't understand why people I had, I have a friend who literally is going through some mental health issues, going through some severe mental health problems. And in his way of coping is through smoking, which I understand because for me, weed was something that did help me. But as, like right now, I've, I don't even smoke anymore because I realized that I was using it as a clutch like as a bridge to get, you know, over it instead of like to get, not, not to get through it, but to just like step over it. Yeah. So, and I told me him had a serious conversation. I was like, well, why don't you just go to therapy? Why when I can just smoke? Okay. This is why you're not okay. Like this is why you're, you've been stuck in this same place for the past four years. Exactly. There's so much suffering in silence. And I think a lot of it too is that I just want people to understand that they're not the only ones going through things, especially young people. They have a tendency to think that they're the only ones in the world that's experiencing certain that things. They're the first and last ones that's going to experience what they're going through. No, and that's so not true. That's so not true. It's people that's been through what you're going through. It's people that's going through what you're going through. It's people that's about to go through what you go through. You know what I'm saying? So I, that, that's another thing. Like, it's like, I want people to understand that you are not alone. You are not the only person that's going through this. If it's a trans person out there, male or female, whatever the situation is, non-binary, you're not the only non-binary person in the world. It's other people out there that's just like you, that's been through what you're going through. That's it's probably going through there. worse. Exactly. Like, There's other people so. out there that's successful that's going through what you're going through. Just keep pushing through and find your clique. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Find your clique, your group of people that, that understand you, that's like you, or that's the total opposite of you, but still understand you. Because sometimes I think that's looked at as like, find somebody that's like you. So I find other like trans people or whatever. It don't have to be other trans people. It could be just a person that understands you and connect with you and they can help you get through the hard times. Just find your people. You know what I'm it saying? It took the same me way- a while to, to understand that it, because, you know, we're taught, you know, find people that you click with, find people that are, you know, that you have like all these similar interests with that, that are just like you, but no, no, no. My, like what helped me glow up and and get to a better place was me finding people who weren't just like me, but who had been through some shit like I'd been through, who even didn't go through some of the things that I had gone through, who, you know, like just finding that, but so that I can bond with them over the differences so that I can help open their eyes. They can help open mine and we can help each other elevate to another level. Yep. Sometimes you need to find the opposite mm-hmm. of what you are, of, of who you are, of what interests you have. Like if you ain't never get on a skateboard before, find your skateboarder friend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you ain't never went on a hike before, you're not into nature. Find you somebody find that's into nature. nature nut. Like go, go exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
if you like smoke weed and play video games all day or whatever, don't go out and find more people that smoke weed and play video games. Go find people that do the total opposite of that. Growing up is about growth, period. Yeah. And finding people who are always just going to be just like you, that's not going to help you grow. It's not going to help you in any way. You're going to be stuck and stagnant in that same place that you've been in and that you're going to be in. So it's very important. And you want to add something to, to other people's life as well. So, you know, it ain't nothing wrong with smoking weed and playing video games. But if you find somebody else that's not doing that, now they can put you on to what they're doing and you can put them on to what smoking weed and playing video games is like. You know what exactly. I'm saying? That's something they might have never experienced before. We can help each other grow. Yes. Exactly. So it's about growth and just experiencing different things, experiencing different people. Like, that's a goal of mine is to get out and just other cultures in particular is something that I'm trying to get into. Like, I want to know, I li- I literally live on top of uh, these uh, guys that's like Indian or something, like Hindu Indian. And I'm like, I smell food from their house. I'm like, I'm trying to see what that be like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I want to learn about their culture. Like, I don't want to just look at them like, I've been standing over the top of them for like three years now. Never had no conversation with them or nothing. And one of my goals is like one day I'm going to go and just spark a conversation with one of the guys from downstairs. Like just I just want to understand their culture more, you know, what I'm saying? and not just their culture, but all different types of culture. I feel like I'm ignorant when it comes to other cultures outside of the black experience, the black culture. I'm ignorant to the rest of that and white. It, it ain't just black and white like. Yeah, I know about, you know, white culture and all of that stuff, whatever that is. But I want to learn about other stuff outside of black people and white people because there's other people out there. You know what I'm saying? So that's a big thing that I want to that I want to do. And I think that'll help a lot. Like if people get out there and explore and experience other people, other cultures, other things, you know what I'm saying? It's just it'll help a lot. Agreed. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I think that's a good place to end it. Very good positive note. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Um, is it all right if I shout out my Instagram page? Of course. I'll put it in the descriptions as well. All right. My my personal Instagram page is where underscore is underscore Ryan. That's my personal Instagram page. But I also have a lifestyle brand that I have called I Am that's based around the law of attraction, um, thoughts become things. Like, it's based around that. I'm actually wearing my my band right now. I'm here for the representation, yes. Yeah, they say I Am. And it's just basically to make sure that you're speaking words of affirmation to yourself. When you look in the mirror, make sure you're not saying I'm fat or I'm this or I'm ugly, I'm this. Make sure that you were speaking positive words to yourself. And that's what the whole brand is about. Speaking positively to yourself and understanding that thoughts become things. So whatever you're thinking about on a regular basis, that's what you're going to become. So make sure that you're thinking about some dope shit. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you see yourself in a dope area. And so that page, that, that page for the lifestyle brand is um, I am I am underscore movement, which is not actually movement. It's MVMT. So MVMT, I am underscore MVMT. And we'll check out those pages and let me know what you think about them and, you know, hit me up. Definitely will support. (laughs) All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your insight. (laughs) All right.